Hi, and welcome to episode 188 of No Crying in Baseball, the I Got Your Unwritten Rules Right Here, Buddy episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. That, that would be Potty Mouth who can tell you where to put those unwritten rules. Yeah, not right? me, I hope. No. I hope. no. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no. Whoever happens to have unwritten rules that oh, are obviously God. not in a place where they're accessible because they're unwritten yeah. can just stick They're real rules. Somebody ass. would write them the hell down. That's all I'm saying. Right. Right. I actually had a little bit of a conflict with one of my co-workers about this oh, this yeah? week because I sort of assumed that like rational people understand that unwritten rules are stupid but you know what he's a Yankees fan so oh, there so context was, is really everything there uh, absolutely fascinating I think we need to do a field trip very soon. Two. So we, we I fucked up with not getting those discount tickets to the Southern Maryland Blue Crabs when when it was Pie Day. So there's that. But you know, support the the independent leagues and stuff. And now they got a shipment of beer bats. You know, the bats that you fill with beer. They're so like the, plastic bats. That's those clear ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's unwieldy and fascinating all at the same time. I feel like we need to try it. Like, but you know what? If we have more than one, do they turn into weapons? Do we start sword fighting yes. with them or something? This is my worry. I know us. It could happen. That's, I'm good with that. Okay. I think it's worth I think it's worth an experiment. <laughs> we got to check the, check the schedule. Let's look at the schedule. For yeah. sure. For sure. On today's show, we've got the boyfriend report, including uh, the, the Willie Adamas trade and big bats after, um, after IL stints. We've got the Mickey countdown. We've got a police blotter where, believe it or not, Tony La Russa isn't even the worst thing we're going to talk about. We've got some appreciation for CeCe's Sabathia. Our COVID uh, report features the Mariners. This time, grooming is not facial hair. It's all about fashion. And as always, international baseball. So we're going to start off with our baseball boyfriends. For those of you who might be joining us for the first time, Patty and I in the offseason pick a guy per team each, and we talk about them because they're special. There's something about them that we like, and then we take that whole bunch that we've picked and whittle them down to a team for our fantasy baseball league, which we'll get to at the end of the show. But I have an issue at this point because the deal is you can only have one guy per team. So when trades happen, things get fucked up. And this is actually my second fuck up of this season because I had Franchi Cordero moving from the Red Sox, from the the Royals to the Red Sox, where he is now. And he actually got a home run today. So I'm very hopeful that this is his turnaround, turnaround moment. So in that situation, it wasn't really bad for me because the guy I had picked from the Red Sox is still not even playing. So I still have Franchi as my sole Red Sox. But Willie Adamas, who I had so much faith in, has had kind of a crappy year. And I had that moment where I was like, do I pick him or do I pick Wander Franco? Because Wander Franco is the superstar prospect, number one prospect, who's in the pipeline for shortstop for the Rays. But I thought I would learn from my past errors. And actually, I'm I'm screwed with the catcher situation because of this. Because if we pick somebody who doesn't actually play, that does us no good with the fantasy baseball. I opted not to pick Franco, and I picked Adames. And he has, you know, he, he didn't have a great season last year, despite them making it to the World Series. And he hasn't had a great one this year. So he knew something was going to happen, but he didn't know it would be happening now. And actually, one of the, you know, it's that there's there's the humanness of it. And one of the sweetest little posts I saw was of him and Arosarena, not my favorite guy, but still the sentiment just hugging in sadness, you know, like they both had these, oh no, kind of faces. So he was traded to the Brewers. 
um, with pitcher, pitcher Trevor Richards, and in exchange, the Rays got two relief pitchers. And so the Rays aren't going to Franco yet. They're calling up Taylor Walls, who I don't know much about, but I've heard is also a good option. So I guess the Rays just had a lot of depth at shortstop. So here's what, what do I do? So do I have a guy in the Brewers? Yeah, I got a guy in the Brewers, Luis Urias, but he didn't make my final cut. Willie Adamas is on my fantasy baseball team. Urias is not. So I could keep Adamas and just... You could. Not As the commissioner, Urias. you could absolutely keep Adamas and then cut Urias. So... The thing I'm wondering, though, is since Adamus isn't doing well, what I was going to do is maybe look into my other guys that didn't make the final cut and find one that might be doing a little bit better. At shortstop is what I need. Sure. I, if you have anybody that other players, other you know teams haven't already claimed, right. which is tricky because everybody liked our guys and took yep. them. Yeah, and, and actually, and so the guy that I've been talking about most recently was Eduardo Escobar, and I believe Karen, who's been, but she's been trading, like, in and out like crazy. Like, one of the one of the top, our top uh, players in our league has, or managers, I guess, right, mm-hmm. um, has Eduardo. So, I don't know. I got to look around. So, I might be keeping Adamis. Uh, Urias also has not been doing well. They shifted him from third base to short this year. It did not go well. He was hitting... 205 with nine errors in 38 games, mm. and he had consecutive two error games this past week, which is, I think, what sort of prompted this shift. But he is super utility. So he's going to be utility. Adamus is going to stay at short. We'll see if the change of scenery perks him up. I don't know. It's sad, but I don't know. What can you do? I have very happy news about a lot of my guys. Unfortunately, I still can't seem to get out of eighth place in our league, no matter how well my guys do. So I just don't know what's happening there. Number one, Jesse Winker, or DeWink, as they call him. May I just say he heard his first MVP chance on Friday because he had a three home run game against the Brewers. And I watched his press conference after and he was on the verge of tears because he heard those chants and was called out for a curtain call, which he didn't see coming. He said, I saw Vado's like 300th home run curtain call, and I saw like the no-hitter curtain call, and it never occurred to me that I would ever do something that the fans would see as worthy of a curtain call. And I it's Tucker Barnhart, their catcher, said, get out there now. Aww. And our pal, um, the, the flex man, Nick Castellanos, <laughs> apparently was on deck, and he stepped away from the away from the batter's box to make sure that he had time to soak in the curtain call for oh, the three home so runs. Sweet. It was really very sweet. So there's the three-run game on Friday and then another homer yesterday and another homer today. Five home runs in Whoa. three games. He's also um, first in slugging percentage in the entire league. He's second in batting average and also in OPS in the entire league as of this morning. That, of course, changes every day, but we get to see him play on Tuesday, and I'm yes. very excited about that. So that's one of my guys. So um, Ian Happ, who makes me coffee, has um, – we told I told you when we profiled Ian Happ from the Cubs that he had this agreement with, you know, this, this whole the quarantine co- coffee fundraiser situation where $3 per bag of coffee goes to the Greater Chicago Food Depository as well as another, another charity – this fundraiser has so far paid for 18,000 meals for the Greater Chicago Food Depository oh. in the past year. So that's pretty cool. And just came, he had a slow start this season, which made me very sad because I was very excited about him. Then he went on the IL, just came off the IL 
on May 15th, and since then has had 11 hits and four home runs in the past week. So I'm feeling better about Ian Happ. I'm wearing my Ian Happ Mix Me Coffee t-shirt right now, even though I got to confess, he and I have different tastes in coffee. I like mm. a much darker blend than he does. Huh, interesting. So I, I would say Ian Happ makes me coffee that he likes, but I don't. <laughs> That's too much to fit on the damn t-shirt. So speaking of coming off the IL and then lighting it up, Chad Pinder, who was my guy for the A's, has been on the IL for a long time. He came off on May 14th and has since played four different positions with the A's in just that past week and hit three doubles and uh, yeah, three doubles and um, a three-run homer. So he has come back with a blast with a big bat, and that's great. On the other end of things, Ryan Mountcastle was disappointing me, so I put him on my bench. Oh, no. And yeah, you know, he hit a grand slam. <laughs> yes, he did yesterday against the, Nationals. against the Nationals while on my bench. So yay for Ryan Mountcastle. I got nothing out of it except for that's my guy because no <laughs> points. Um, Jake Cronenworth on my birthday, on my birthday, my Padres guy hit an inside the park home run, and it's the first for the Padres in 10 years. So that's oh, pretty wow. Cool. So thank you, Jake, for the birthday present. Yay, Padres. Yeah. So like I said, we, um, I, I don't know, did I say this, that we can't keep boyfriends from year to year? So this is one of our rules. We have so many rules. So A lot of them are stupid, but we stand by them. Absolutely. And, and I, we keep... Like, we keep them in our heart, most of them, except for the ones who fuck up. But Amiga Cabrera, I think, was my Tiger's boyfriend last year. But, of course, we're watching for that that countdown of 500 home runs. He is so close. So this past week, he had number 491 and 492 in the same game against Kansas City. The second one was a go-ahead grand slam. So he's, you know, he started off with the first home run of the season for MLB, and then he got real cold, but maybe he's heating up again, and, you know, we like the old guys. So go, Miggy. Uh, By the way, another ex-boyfriend of mine, or former boyfriend, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., who I wish I could have kept forever, is one-tenth of the way there. So he's going to be on that, I'm sure he's going to be on that 500 count eventually, but right now he hit 50 and he is the fifth fastest player to reach 50 home runs. And we last visited this stat when you had Pete Alonso, and he was the first fastest, the very fastest, the most fastest player in MLB history. Fastest? To get, yeah, that's, <laughs> and I teach English for a living. Uh, to reach 50, followed by Rudy York, Gary Sanchez, who, interesting, you know, that's he slowed surprising. down a little bit afterwards, and Mark McGuire, there's a familiar name. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But numbers, there are more numbers. MLB has made it to the 20,000th player. Did I say that right? 20,000. 20,000 player. If you think about it, that there have only been 20,000 players in MLB history. Yes, specifically, it's a 20,000th player to get called up to the majors. So when we say MLB, we're not counting the minors at all. This This is the 30 teams in the major leagues. Right, because actually this guy spent a long time in the minors. Jose Godoy, he's with the Seattle Mariners. And a shout-out to Cespedes Barbecue on Twitter, who had all this information about Jose that he signed with St. Louis in 2011. So, yeah, he's been in the minors for a while, out of Venezuela. And he spent nine years with St. Louis, got to AAA in 2019, not too long ago, and he was at the alternative site last year. So he was so close and elected free agency, signed with Seattle in November of 20, and he's a backup catcher. And so he is number 
20,000. The Mariners have something to be proud of this year, along with your guy, um, Jared Kelnick, right? Yep. Yep. Sure enough. Mm -hmm. Sure enough. Who um, I didn't mention this week because not as good this week as he was last week because, you know, everything is fleeting. Yeah. Everything is fleeting, including our respect for some baseball players. (laughs) There we go. All right. Police blotter, my friends. We talked about Felipe Vasquez back in 2019 when these charges first came about. Um, He is a former Pirates closer. And before that, he actually played for the Nationals under a different name. He changed his name somewhere in there. And, wow, when Potty Mouth described our boyfriends, one of the things we didn't mention was we don't pick pitchers as boyfriends. We pick entire pitching squads. So we, even though there are a lot of pitchers we like a lot, we still don't pick them as the boyfriend for the team. We pick a position player, and then we also we then pick a squad of... so. This would keep Felipe Vasquez on the never-going-to-be-a-boyfriend list. He was already there for being a pitcher, but oh my God. Oh my God. Here it comes. Felipe Vasquez is found guilty of 15 counts of sexual misconduct, including statutory sexual assault, unlawful contact with a minor, corruption of minors, and indecent assault. Oh, my God. So when he was arrested in 2019, these accusations were about a relationship that he started with a girl when she was 13. She is currently 17 years old. So, yeah, this is horrific on a lot of levels. They found him guilty. Sentencing is yet to come. He could go to prison in the United States for decades for this these charges and the number of them. Also, he could be deported. Back to Venezuela. So this inform this these decisions are still to come. But holy crap, Felipe! What on he? It's so gross. Yeah, we we did talk about it when he was arrested. I've got to go back and find which episode. Yeah, that was, it was September of twenty nineteen. We talked about slimy it. Slimy stuff. Slimy stuff. And basically, the jury just didn't believe him. He's like, oh well, she told me she was older, and I believed her. And so right. They're showing photos of her right now at age seventeen. And like now she's seventeen. This was years ago. Are you kidding me? It's so upsetting. So yeah. So well, she baited me into it. I'm like, you are a grown ass man, yeah. and I'm using grown ass in a bad way right now. I used it as a good way a couple weeks ago. <laughs> now. You know, you should know better. You, this is oh, this disgusting. is horrific. And the only thing that the only thing good thing I can say about Tony Larusa right now is he's not as bad as he is. He's not as bad as Felipe <laughs> Vasquez. Yeah, Tony Larusa. Oh my God! I vented, I ranted in my head, and looking at my computer and my phone all week long about Tony Larusa, and yep. finally I get to to vent with my friend Potty Mouth about this because. What the hell? I know. I'm ready for it. Let's go. I mean, like, when they when when the White Sox hired Tony La Russa, I was pissed. We were pissed. Yeah. We were angry. A good friend of ours stopped paying attention to the White Sox, yeah. saying, I'm sorry, you have gone too far. This is not okay. This is, it's not because he's an old man. It's because he thinks like a guy who stopped thinking about baseball for 30 years. Yeah. Right? That's what it is. He is not in touch. He doesn't understand what baseball is. Now, on Tuesday, this past Tuesday, in the ninth inning... My pal, Williams Astudio, that La Tortuga Aww. was pitching again. So, so, you know, like our position player pitching for the Twins and, you know, throws that Tortuga heat of 47 miles per hour in the ninth inning at a 3 0 count. And um, your mean Mercedes, Mercedes swings at it because he's a baseball player and you're supposed to swing at pitches you can hit. It's your fucking job. It's like, your fucking that's what you do. job. So he hits a home run. So, what I neglected to say was the White Sox were leading by a boatload yeah. of runs. But 
what are you supposed to do? Well, according to Tony LaRusso, you're supposed to stand there and watch it go by. And other, you know, people who stopped thinking about baseball 30 years ago agree with him. Nobody else does. So I'm going to read you some quotes out loud about his own player in public. Tony LaRusso says, there will be a consequence that he's going to have to endure within our family. It won't happen again. That's so disgusting. Right? He said that in public. He didn't just deal with it behind the scenes in whatever way he sees fit, which no one, most people, we don't agree with. Right. <laughs> which, which we don't agree with. But he made this public. I don't think he understands how social media works either. There was a lot of pushback, oh, including from... Um, you mean Mercedes, who said, I'm your mean, I can't be another person because if I change it, everything's going to change. We're just having fun. It's baseball. Yep. Right? And LaRusso says, well, no, it's not. Basically telling him that your definition of baseball isn't the right one. Yeah, which is, I mean, and we're talking about cultural issues here, too, right? We've got this white old man talking about the, talking to this Latino young player who is just amazing. You know, he's probably going to be Berkeley of the Year at this point. So far, he's absolutely in the lead for that. He's having a great season. And yes, that's absolutely true. But also, he's getting a lot of support for people that are his age. Yeah. Even if they don't share the cultural background, but just people who are coming into the game who are younger, like, screw this. We, we're good at this game. Let us be good at this game. And also, what what are we saying to this guy pitching is like, oh, you know, we're going to, you know, I want to use the word, a word like mollycoddle, which isn't a word that anybody under the age of like 832 <laughs> would say. But you know what I mean? It's like, right. we're not going to insult you by not playing the game when but you're there. That would make sense if it were a real pitcher. You know what I mean? Like they put in a position pitcher. I'm guessing that Williams Astudio did not give a shit. Like I haven't seen any quotations yeah, from him. Yeah. But is his is his ego really going to be like hurt because somebody hits off him? Like he's a well, and frankly, a professional pitcher should say, "Yeah, right, I fucked up. Too. I should have made a better pitch." Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So okay, so. The Twins reliever the next day, Tyler Tyler Duffy throws a thirty sorry, a ninety three mile per hour pitch behind right. Mercedes and and Tony freaking Larusa, the manager of the guy who just had a ball thrown like right behind him, agrees with the pitcher. Right, he says I he agrees with how that was handled. He thinks that's okay. He thinks swinging at a pitch when you're in the batter's box is not okay. But he thinks having a pitcher throw a ninety three mile an hour ball near your head is fine. Yeah, my colleague was okay with that too because we had this exchange oh and he's like and, and when I said to him that he swung on a 3-0, he's like, "Well, then he's going to, you know, somebody's going to get hit." And I was like, "Why the fuck should somebody get hit? This is a 90 plus mile an hour projectile. You don't want to fuck around with that. Look what happened to Kevin Pillar, you know, of the Mets who got yeah. smashed in the face. They don't always have control." That's right. That's right. Okay, so at that time, the pitcher, Duffy, and also the Twins manager, Rocco Baldelli, were ejected immediately. And since then, Duffy was suspended for three games and fined, and Rocco was suspended for one game and also fined. And meanwhile, Tony LaRusso, who apparently doesn't ever look at social media or talk to people... It's like, oh, there's nobody in my clubhouse who would disagree with with my decision on this. Oh, my God, really? In the meantime, on social media... So Tim Anderson, who's the actual leader of the White Sox, says, okay, yeah, we're a family, but we're the bad kids who don't listen to dad. And Tony La Russa is like, oh, yeah, that's sweet. Like, you know, like, that I'm the, I'm the dad and, you know, the kids will, you know, I'll take care of the kids. And like, that's not what he's saying. Yeah. The, your kids are rebelling, buddy. Your kids are now, you've lost control of this team right now. And 
they're not the only ones. Other players from other teams have shown support for against Larusa, and you know, and and for Mercedes and the White Sox for like saying no. This, I, Stop. Stop. Can you hear yourself? You're saying it's okay to throw a 93-mile-an-hour projectile at your own player's head, but it's not okay for him to swing at a pitch when he's in the batter's box. Yeah. I've been drinking. Yeah, that's, but that's it's true. And, and Anderson and Mercedes commented on each other's posts also about it, sort of like, you know, backing each other up, which is sweet. And that's the whole thing. Like, the White Sox of all teams, I don't know, I think they especially have such a young dynamic, multicultural yep. group of guys who are hot and could be super hot this year. And then, like, the White Sox ownership fuck up and get this, like, you know, a guy with You've got, like, DUIs a bazillion... And- yeah, you've got a bazillion-year-old owner who plays golf with Tony La Russa, who hires the 70-some-year-old uh-huh. guy to be the manager and thinks it's going to be fine because years ago he was good at his job. But his job was different then. Yeah. There, yeah. yeah, I've been I've been blown away by the people who support Larusa. Like, there's definitely those people coming out saying, "Oh, these young kids," but you know who's not one of those is CC Sabathia. Man, he does retirement well. He really God does. dang it, I want to retire like him. I so this I don't know for for those of you who have been listening to this for a while. I used to pick on, I guess pick on is, is a way to put it, CC Tabathia. Yeah. I had issues with him because I'm a Red Sox fan and he's a Yankees pitcher and he always looked like shit but ended up painting the corners and somehow always got through the games. And, you know, I resented a little bit. But what I've learned to, what I've, what I've learned since he's, especially since his retirement, is what a really just good, good guy he is. And he has a podcast, uh, R2C2, I think is what yep. it's called. And he went off on Tony Larusa with a potty mouth. Like he is, I don't, I, I almost said soulmate. I don't know. I don't know. Like he just said that he shouldn't be fucking managing one of the best teams in the American League. He went full potty mouth. He said they were stupid ass unwritten rules. He said that it was all just stupid. Wait, just fucking stupid. And then, you know, afterwards, when it got to the throw, when he the comments on the throw behind that you just mentioned, it re-pissed him off, which mm-hmm. I think is is a very good phrase that I will adapt. To, to re-piss re- re- him off. And as a pitcher, to have him be pissed off by an action of a pitcher is very right. telling. Very telling. Right, right. And he and he went off and said stuff like that, like, just pitch better. Like, you, you got to pitch better. Right. Right? That's your job. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. And you couldn't expect better from La Tortuga. It's not his job to be a pitcher. Right. When he throws heat, it is 45 miles an mm-hmm. hour or whatever. That's fine. But this guy, the 93-mile-an-hour pitcher, I mean, that's, that's deadly. That's a deadly weapon, for God's sakes. Yeah. Yeah. CeCe's, like, our guy now. Wow, yeah, that really that crazy? happened. Yeah. But yet then, again, like, for Tortuga, like, you put in a position player. What do you fucking expect? Like, you really want your position player to go in and get three outs like that? Like, something's going to happen. Seriously. Ridiculous. I mean, if it's Anthony Rizzo and he strikes out Freddie Freeman, that's okay. That's also funny. But, yeah. you know, but <laughs> right. come on. Right. It's it's there for entertainment. It totally is. And so is CeCe. So he is also playing rec softball in Central Park. And apparently this was like a pre-retirement plan. Like he, he had this connection. And the guy, it's through the guy that he has the podcast with, his co-host, also works with Yes, which is like that, you know, the the, the Nesson of New York. The, the, it's, their, the, it's, it's their regional sports network. That's it. Yep. And, um, and Matt Siegel from Yes had this softball team, and 
they said, you know, CC, you want to to join? Right, sure enough. But the funny thing is, he's not pitching, and he's not going to pitch. He plays first base. God bless him. (laughs) That seems like a good equalizer. I like it. Although he he got a homer, and he blew out his knee. You know, he had knee problems for for years. He he blew out his knee running too hard, so he learned from that. He does not have to run. You know, that would have been better. Had he played in the National League and batted instead of, you know, having people DH for him, because then he'd be better at the whole batting and running thing. Uh, I, I see where you're going with this. Yeah. I, see where you're I don't going. miss an opportunity yeah. to say DH sucks, but, you know. Well, he's 41 years old. That's not that old. That's, that's not, not that, that old. old. No, he's turning that's 41 a, in July. Old. Yeah. But his memoir is coming out, and I do, I, I am interested. No, I'm super yeah. interested. Yeah. Um, put a pin in the fact that he also has a clothing line, a Negro Leagues clothing line, because oh, when right. we talk about... Um, uh, our grooming episode. We might want to mention that again in about three minutes. Okay. Okay. But first, the COVID report. Okay, so every week we tell you about how the testing's going and what's up with the teams. So there are fewer monitoring tests every week because as more teams reach the 85% threshold, they are required oh. to have fewer regular tests. They go down to like two a week instead of every other day. So this this past week, there were 10,000 and change instead of like 12 or 13,000 and change tests done this week. There were five positive tests, including two players and three staff. So there are... 14 teams now that have met the 85% threshold and two more that are close in that enough players have gotten at least the first shot that within two weeks they will be considered fully vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And so there will, there will be 16 teams pretty pretty soon. Um, they said 83% of all the tier one staff across the league are, vac- are fully vaccinated now, which is pretty good, but not great. And here's mm-hmm. why it's not great. Right. So it's not like evenly distributed among the teams, right? So one of these players that was that tested positive is with the Mariners. And the reason that's a big problem is the Mariners have one of the worst levels, worst vaccination rates of all the teams in MLB. A few, like in April, it was about 50% or less than 50%. Interestingly, their minor leagues are much better at getting vaccinated. So as these guys get Hmm. bounced out to be on the COVID list or whatever reason, and more guys from the minors get called up, their percentage gets better because the guys who were in the minors got the vaccine initially. So here's what happened. Four players, they're all pitchers, which makes sense because they hang out together, right? They hang out together a lot, are now on the COVID IL. If you are vaccinated or not, and you test positive, you are isolated for 10 days. Doesn't matter if you had a vaccine or not, but you have a positive test that done and done 10 days. If you're unvaccinated and you are a close contact, and I don't know if you remember, but players carry those, um, I don't know if it's on their phones or where it is that tracks who they're in contact with and for how long. So that's one of the ways they do contact tracing is like, you know, that that technical, that the technology solution tells them who that person who tested positive has been hanging out with, which makes sense that if it's a pitcher, it's pitcher. So I don't know which of the four is the guy who tested positive and then the other three are close contacts. But if you're unvaccinated, and you're a close contact, you're out for seven days. If you are vaccinated and you're asymptomatic, you don't have to quarantine at all because you're vaccinated and you're asymptomatic. So it can be a personal choice whether to get vaccinated or not, but look at the effect it has on your team. So at least three, if not four of those pitchers chose not to get vaccinated. So they're out. They are unavailable to their team for a whole week. That's crazy. I just, I don't, it does not compute in my brain. Why would four pitchers the, choose the, not to get vaccinated? The, I don't get The it. manager of the Mariners said, we have had, you know, 
officials from the CDC come in wow. and talk to our players. And still, so that changed the minds of a few, but not everybody. And they're hoping that this serious level of consequence wakes some people up to get the freaking shot in their arm. You are messing with your team. Yep. It may be your decision, but it the, the ripples go out to affecting your team. You've got, you know, four guys got to call up, you know, yay for them. But oh my god, you four of your starter, you know, people on on your on your 40 man have been sent down. So there's that. So that's kind of horrific and it's a teaching moment for the Mariners. Um and apparently these teaching moments don't expand to ballpark capacities. I started to make a list of other clubs that were going to 100% and I realized it was shorter to make a list of the clubs that don't have a date set for 100%. Oh. Seriously. So as of today, we record on Sunday, the only clubs who have not identified a date at which they're going to 100% capacity are the A's, the Blue Jays, the Cubs, Giants, Mariners, Mets, Rays, Rockies, White Sox, Yankees. That's it. Everybody else has identified a date at which they go to 100% capacity. And they make rules like, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. Okay, what the hell? How do you know? When you're in the stands, how do you know? So right. all of a sudden, I'm less excited about going to ball games because it's going to be packed with people not wearing masks. Yeah, I mean, they. I know the Cubs have a vax section. That's what. That's the way they should do it. There should be vaccinated sections where you have to show your card to get in. But to have it all mixed up mm-hmm. is all mixed up. It's all mixed up. It's all mixed up. So hey, so our grooming section more important. More, so our, yes, our grooming. Our grooming um, segment this week is. All about the fashions. And this first part... Oh, so yes, let me say one more time that Sabathia has a Negro Leagues clothing line, which is actually really pretty cool. So I will put a link to that if you want to do some Negro Leagues shopping because it's nice looking baseball wear. Umpires. Umpires have made our list of grooming because of good footwear. Did you see this coming? No, I did not. Here's what happened. So the old people brand, the old white guy brand of New Balance, which I got to say, I still have that. Those are my like backup sneakers, the sneakers from a long time ago. Umpires had the, a, a contract with New Balance. Those were the shoes that they had to wear when they were on the field. That has expired. And with the, the teams going to Nike uniforms, the umpires are going to Nike footwear. They are restricted to wear either black or white Nikes, but that still opens up a whole range of mm. opportunities. And apparently, it started with the younger umpires saying, okay, we can have fun with this, we can get our Jordans, we can get our whatever. And some of the older guys are like, hey, tell me about these shoes. And so now shoes with umpires is a thing. And some umpires actually have fan clubs with signs in to, to, to hold up, <laughs> like, you know, yeah, just to, to compliment these guys on, on their good footwear. I've got to say that I'm a little sad about the New Balance thing because New Balance is maybe the only, if not one of very few sneakers that actually still has factories in the U.S. Oh. And so some New Balance sneakers are made in the U.S., whereas Nike is totally like Vietnam, China. Well, apparently the players and the younger umpires have sort of created this network about where to find the best deals on good footwear. <laughs> that's and that's sweet. So some of them, yeah. So it's it's all of a sudden there's like this bond with umpires, which no one saw coming because usually it's like, oh, no, no, no. We are not friends. We are not friends. You are the enemy. Uh-huh. They're bonding over shoes. Shoes are the great equalizer. All right. I can go with that. As long as they're black shoes or white shoes. Yeah. 
the key colors for umpires for sure. Although I'd like to see an umpire bust out with a, like some fluorescent pink or something, you know, make but a would statement. they have to eject themselves? Right. <laughs> Self ejection. I'm not going to even don't, go with don't it. Don't stop, stop, All right. stop. All right, let's move on to other other clothing items, <laughs> which would be jerseys. And everybody's got to check out the Marlins this weekend because they have some super hot wear. I mean, the Marlins actually have been pretty stylish this year, but they, they have, have good color choices all along. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm pro Marlin. Uh, they have these Sugar King, King Sugar Kings uni- uniforms this weekend, and this comes from the Havana Sugar Kings, which were. A baseball team from 1946 to 1960, which is, uh, those of you, the history buffs know that 1959 was the Cuban Revolution, and all hell broke loose at that point, including baseball changing a lot. So they moved to New Jersey after Castro, and I didn't realize that they were actually an affiliated minor league club with both the Senators and the Reds before their eventual disappearance. Really? But they're um, they're breaking out these sweet uniforms this weekend, and Jazz Chisholm, I mean, with the hair and the shirt, he just looks super great. Uh, May 20th ends up being um, Cuban Independence Day, and May 22nd is Cuban Heritage Night. So... Check out any footage you can get of the the Marlins weekend. Just a, a funny, weird, quick thing. And, and when you mentioned Tim Anderson before, I was like, how can we get Tim Anderson in this mix? There are yeah. so many Andersons. <laughs> so we've been enamored of Atlanta's Ian Anderson because we keep wait, waiting for him to pitch on one leg. But Right. Um, your parents will understand the Jethro Tull joke. <laughs> yes. Ask an old person. So, so he set a record this week, and it's a weird one, that he faced back-to-back Andersons. So he faced the Bruins' Brett Anderson— and then the Pirates, Tyler Anderson's in back-to-back outings. So shout out to Sarah Langs on Twitter here who had this information compiled. And apparently this is the first time in history that this name configuration has happened, that pitchers have faced back-to-back same-named pitchers, which is a weird stat. It is a weird stat. It totally beats out the the um, the Will Smith versus Will Smith yeah, smackdown. Absolutely. Because that's, I mean, it's the whole name is right. the same, but it's only one-on-one. So, I mean, I like the fact this expands out to... Yeah, yeah. I don't know which one wins out. That sounds like we should do a poll. Like, which one is cooler? <laughs> I don't know. But all I know, the second game of that was um, Tyler Anderson, the Pirates, which Atlanta won 22-1. And our friend Wilmer Defoe, talk about position players oh. pitching, pitched. Did he? Yeah. Didn't, oh, I love me some Wilmer. He now has a 72.00 ERA, so apparently it didn't go so well. But, you know, <laughs> it's I'm, not sure, day job. <laughs> I'm sure the ant manager didn't freak out about somebody swinging on whatever fucking pitch it was. So. <laughs> I don't know. There is some celebrating we need to do. Women's baseball has debuted this weekend in the UK, and I am super happy for our friends over there supporting women's baseball. They've been through a lot, and I am officially right now swearing my allegiance to the Bristol Bobcats because Joe and Molly from Birds with Balls, our friend friendly podcast over there, both play on that team, and they won their first game, and they tied the second. So I feel like I need to talk to Joe and Molly more about the rules because I don't understand ties. That usually doesn't happen in baseball. Right, right. Well, yeah, yes, for sure. I, I'm more interested in swag. We, we need to acquire yes. women's swag from the UK League. Oh, what, what do so you got? I've, I've got to fess up that, the, that it was part because Joe and Molly – 
play for them, but also the swag is very Red Soxian. It's it's oh, very like it's it's navy and red and a big B, and it's great. I'm very happy. Well, about navy it. and red really counts for like two thirds of That's Major right. League Baseball, but the B, I you know I'm I'm all for, if it's Bristol, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. So yeah, so we're in for swag. Tell us how to order swag. We want we want to support you for sure. Oh yeah, we definitely have to, yes. to get some links to swag. And if you want more info, there's been, we've been talking about it. Check out our past few episodes about what's going on with women's baseball in the UK. But also there's a brand new podcast out there called The Inside Pitch by Amy McCann, who's an Australian women baseball player. And she interviewed Doris Hawking, who is the is, was, I'm not quite sure what the status is right now, the general manager in charge of UK women's baseball, and a lot of really great information there. So check that out. Uh, But over on our side of the pond in Mexico, stuff is happening. We've got old guys in MLB, and I am so here for it. Bartolo Colon. Oh, big sexy. I love you so much. There is so much, so much, literally, to love about him. And I should. I was that a little bit of a slur? I, it might have been, but no, no. But he's no. adorable. He's I love I, him. Oh, hey, adorable! If you are new to our show, adorable is not a sports word. So when um, Potty Mouth says it, I demand that we both have to drink. I think we're both out of beer. No, oh, you're beer. not I out of beer, beer, but I started. Right. I started beer much earlier than you did today. So yeah. here's cheers to adorable, big, sexy. I'll drink for both of us. I'm, I'm appropriately drinking a tropical bitch from Flying Dog Brewery. I usually I like their raging bitch because that tends to be more appropriate. But tropical bitch. It's a sunny day. It works well. Highly recommended. Big sexy, however. I think he's he's 47, about to turn 48. I should have put his birthday information because his birthday is really so we're calling any day him now. old, and he's like nine he, years. But he's so than he's him. so close. He's he's as close as they get. But he won his opening night God for the Acereros de Monclova. He got the win. So like that, yeah, late 40s. He's pushing 50 to to start and win. A baseball game? On the bright side, he could be classified as my younger brother as opposed to my son, which is how I feel about most of these guys. So there's that. Okay. Right. And then another guy who I adore, Adrian Gonzalez, who had some great time on the Red Sox, also time on the Padres and the Dodgers, retired through the Mets. But he is playing with the Mariachis de Guadalajara. And he got the first run for this team, which is an expansion team. So this is, I just love news about baseball expanding. So the Liga Mexicana de Baseball has expanded two teams or added this year or reinvigorated. I think they both existed before, but they're up to 18 teams now. Uh, the other team that was added this year is, and definitely reinvigorated is the Aguila de Veracruz. And it just, I don't understand why it's singular. It's one eagle of Veracruz, the eagle is the team. It's not Mm. like the Eagles. The collective Eagle. Yeah, and I like cross-checked this. It's definitely Aguila de Veracruz. So it's them and the Mariachis who are the two new, new, whatever, new teams this year. But the Aguila last played in 2016, and they also have a familiar face who is not an old guy nor like baseball boyfriend material, which I think both Adrian Gonzalez and Big Sexy would have been had they been in the league at the right time for us. This is Yasiel Puig, who we have mentioned in the never going to be a boyfriend list for various reasons. He also got the first hit for the Aguila de Veracruz. So. Well, God bless him. Right. And um, 
protect your children. Yeah, keep them in Mexico. Yep, yep, for sure. Yep. The other side of the world, the place that I've been you uh, following most of our weeks, the CPBL, still not playing. So they're on this COVID suspension. So I am hopeful that CPBL will come back, even if it's without fans. But it's been hard to not have my breakfast baseball this week. And they're losing the final Olympic baseball qualifier game. So that's going to be moved back to Mexico. And they're unclear if they're going to be fielding a team for that qualifier. But I don't know. I'm hopeful, though, that at least, you know, maybe we can get some more breakfast baseball. So I've got to fess up that I I watched part of the Nats-O's game today. And they mentioned Matt Wieters, who played for both in the past, Mm -hmm. that he just got on... Team USA. Oh, really? As one of like the old, you know, the the elder statesmen. But there was like no information. And I, full disclosure, I was leaving to go to a brewery. So I didn't <laughs> spend time looking it up. But I will look it up to figure out what the situation is with Team USA and report back to the class. They do not have a spot yet. They need to play in these, I believe, because I had this in my notes from like Sounds two weeks like ago. Sounds like they're that, just picking players right now. So what the heck? Yeah. I mean, how are they going to do that? They need to, they need to play in one of these um, qualifiers. Well, now it's in Mexico, so it'll be closer. Yeah. So there's that. Oh, my gosh. So we have this fantasy boyfriend baseball league um, made up that where Potty Mouth and I are restricted to the the players that we have highlighted this current year as our baseball boyfriends. And then we invite our friends to pick teams. And the only rules there are only one guy from any Major League Baseball team, and they can't be guys that appear on our Never Gonna Be a Boyfriend list. So no baddies, no people who have been accused of terrible things and whatnot. And I got to say, the top three teams have been shuffling over the past couple of weeks. So Karen's a legit team, Hot Mess Baseball Mom, and iZombies for adults have been just swapping spots in the first three. Leftovers, Mr. Potty Mouth has been hanging tough, about four, <laughs> and the kids and, and Bono's boyfriend team have been sort of going back and forth a little bit there. Wait, and wait, then, is, is, I thought Glenn was Zombies. Isn't Brian... Brian is Brian is Bona's boyfriend. Yeah, yeah that's, okay. that's the B thing. Okay. I keep doing that. Yeah. I am so sorry. Well, because the only reason why I remembered that is because Glenn thinks, and I don't know, I told him he had to appeal to the commission here, that he should get some bonus points for the best name in the league. For the iZombies? Yeah. For adults? Um, no. Okay. I mean, I mean, if if, there you go, if Glenn, Glenn, if Glenn you was check. in like 11th or 12th place <laughs> and was pleading for points, then perhaps... But no, but no, but, um, but Brian and the kids have been like going back and forth five and six. And then you and I holding steady for, it seems like freaking forever in seventh and eighth place, potty mouth above me. And then Marla and then Deborah and then Vino Tinto. And, um, yeah, I don't. I don't see us moving, and I swear to God, I'll have I get all these notifications that my guys are hitting home runs and my pitchers are doing great and whatever, and I don't ever budge. Bumpy roads lead, lead to, to beautiful, beautiful places. places. <laughs> okay, thank you, Davey Martinez. Oh my God, I am so excited about Tuesday. We go back to Nats Park, and mm. the Reds are in town. Flex. So, yeah. so we've got yeah, so we've got. You know, I love the guys on the Nats so much right now. They're really endearing themselves to me, even though a lot of them are kind of new to the Nationals. They're really sort of like, you know, staking out the ground and becoming part of the community. And also the Reds are so much freaking fun. Yes, Nick Castellanos, the Flex guy, and the Wink, and Votto, and all of these guys I really like. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think the score is going to be like 19 to 24. I mean, these guys have bats. Our guys have bats. I, wow. But it's a good thing that I don't actually have to physically go into the building on Wednesday for work. But 
also, if Sean Doolittle makes an appearance, the yeah. whole crowd's going to go fucking nuts. It's right. Yeah. Sean, Sean Doolittle is the, the patron saint of no crying in yeah. baseball because he couldn't be a boyfriend because he's a pitcher and it was a nap for a long time. And we adore him and everything he stands for. He's a red now. So I'm hoping we do get to see him. This oh, is the so first cool. game of the series. You know, he's going to play at least one or two of the games. I'm hoping it's that mm-hmm. first one. Do you have anything else exciting for this coming week? Not so much. That's pretty good. I mean, going to baseball is a pretty good thing. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Oh, hey, thank you again for taking me to um, Camden Yards for my birthday this past week. Oh, that's right. We really had a good time. Even with the O's loss, they started out really strong. But we had, it was a beautiful night. We saw fun baseball. We had some nice beer. We hung out. We sang, thank God, I'm a country boy. I mean, it was really a fun night. It was super fun. And, And the O's had such a great start with John Means. And then they shouldn't have fucking pulled him. They just shouldn't have pulled him. Yeah. Yep. The, the fact is that Potty Mouth and I should manage all teams at all times right. and think, well, especially the freaking White Sox. Right. Oh, can no, we just right. can we do that? Can they just pick us? I mean, like, they picked a guy with a lot of experience, but no common sense. But we have our fingers on the pulse. And no criminal record. And no criminal records. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Right. Oh, sorry. 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 No, it's all good. It's all good. Hey, um, if you have a chance to listen to some back episodes, you should feel free. If you have friends you think would like to hear us talk about baseball, please do tell them about us. And in any case, please hang out with us on social media. Absolutely. Check us out on Twitter and CIB Podcast, Facebook and Instagram at No Crying in B-Ball. If you can leave us a review or a rating, we sure would appreciate that. In the meantime, please Please wear your masks. You know, no matter what, if you're hanging out with people, you never know. Please wear your mask. Get that vaccination if you haven't yet because, you know, we'll think you're better people because of it. Fight the man. And until next time, say goodnight, potty mouth. Good night, potty mouth. Docs is a fucking pain in the ass.